T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. High and inside. for some chin music. Hey, Aunt, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. You did such a good job, Deke, in the, the right fielder, uh, you know, slowing down and speeding back up to cause a throw, which was was awesome. And I tried to, you know, sneak in there uh, behind him. And, um, you know, from my, my, you know, I can't see, of course, from the outside looking in, but just from my viewpoint, uh, you know, I slid and I stopped. And then once I stopped my slide, you know, I'm safe. And, um, you know, it happened pretty quick. But then, you know, my arm gets kind of lifted up and pushed off the bag. So, um, you know, once that happened, you know, of course, I said, Bill, you know, uh, you know, he just got pushed off the bag, you know, hopefully trying to, you know, get him to change his mind. But of course, he didn't. David Hall and Bruce Levine here back on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score that was Adam Eaton and our segment Chin Music, because sometimes you need to deliver a message. And Adam Eaton's message uh, was after he uh, felt like he was being a little bit, his, his space was being invaded, Bruce. He, he pushed back a little bit. Not a surprise from Adam Eaton, a little bit uh, of an edgy character. He brings that edge to the Sox in his second uh, stint. But uh, that, was, that was something that caused both benches to clear in one of those classic baseball stare downs. It was infield brutality. Uh, you know, he was... <laughs> I don't know who defends the uh, the baseball player from that. If there's a uh, a court that uh, protects him against that, but uh, he feels he got pushed off the base. It 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 showed he got pushed off the base. Uh, but uh, on those situations, uh, they they don't normally use a replay, and uh, I don't think it's even allowed on that. So. From all of that, uh, Bill Miller, the uh, veteran umpire, who's been around for about 800 years, I think he's second in tenure to uh, Joe West uh, in, in Major League Baseball over 30 years as a as a umpire, said, "Hey, Eaton, you're out." And then you know, and then it started to flare, uh, where uh, Hernandez got in his face, Adam uh, pushed, and uh, but you know, the the thing that I like the most about this. And what I love about our new segment, Chin Music, is players showing that intensity, players showing that feistiness, players showing that they care enough 
to fight for themselves in an, an important base in this situation. And that's uh, that's the beauty of uh, Adam Eaton being brought back to the White Sox by the front office, knowing that he's a feisty player. He's an, a top-of-the-order hitter. He's a guy that uh, can make some things happen. He's, uh, you know, I guess he's Tim Anderson light, you know, not play on words, you know, not trying to be, uh, you know, funny about it, but uh, he is very similar to Tim Anderson in the way he displays his emotions on the field. And let's be clear in terms of context here. All right. This is why I think the only message that needed to be sent was to Jimenez and, and the Indians like, okay, get out of my space. Okay. The Sox were playing a day game after the no hitter. There was a little bit of maybe the no hitter hangover, perhaps. And Adam Eaton is sandpaper. He is the double espresso. He is everything and every analogy or metaphor you want to say about a, a guy that is here for one reason, and that is to provide an oomph, right? And that's you know that going in. So they got to know that. And if he wants to push back, push back. I like the edginess that he brings. Um, to the White Sox, Bruce, in the second tour. We both have had experiences with Adam Eaton. We'll get to in a second. But first, I think it's important to to listen to what Tony LaRusa had to say, his reaction to what Adam Eaton did in the kerfuffle. Tony, uh, what happened in the situation with uh, Eaton in the first inning at second base there? Well, a difference of opinion. Umpire ruled it was just a hard tag. And the way I see it, that's, you set a precedent like that, you can, you can just beat the heck out of the guy you're tagging. You know, just to you know, just knock him off the base. I don't, and I don't think that's allowable. I mean, you can't you can't go to the first baseman, knock him over, third baseman. I mean, that's. But uh, he just said no. He, it was just a hard tag. I think it wouldn't be on a hard tag. Well, you know, David. Well, first of all, every morning when I have my coffee, I have a kerfuffle with it. So I love that word, Bruce. I, I just had to throw it in. I used it yesterday talking about it. I needed to use it again. I'm just going to use it Monday, too, just to keep the streak alive. It is, it is a great word. I wish I knew what it meant, but I think <laughs> I, I have an idea. <laughs> it's got to be a German uh, language der- derivative, right? I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's a, it's a, a great word. but a melee. Yeah. You know. Uh, but, you know, in, in reality, um, you know, everybody likes – a hard play at second base, don't they? I mean, uh, yeah. I think, isn't that the essence of baseball? You know, the hard, they've taken away the, the hard slide at home plate totally now. Now it's, uh, you have to stop, ask the umpire if you can stand in a place. The runner has to stop and say, can I slide directly here? Can I hook around? It's a, a home plate collisions are no longer allowed. I'm not, I, I, I never... I never liked the idea of people getting hurt, but it was something, honestly, I always looked forward to because it, it really was the essence of a great play, a run scoring or not scoring, two, two guys battling it out to see who was tougher. I mean, I'm sorry, I miss it, okay? But well, at second base, it's still allowed a little bit, you know? And uh, And uh, that's why uh, a play like that, we're still talking about a couple of days later because... It's fun, and it shows that feistiness and toughness is still a part of baseball. You know, we're we're fighting to hold on to these things. I'm not, I'm not the uh, you know archaic guy that uh, thinks people should hurt each other in sports. No, but uh, say that. but Nobody but certain that. collisions in baseball yeah. were the essence of the game, right? Well, 
It's intensity. And by the way, Merriam-Webster defines kerfuffle. Thank you, Adam. A commotion or fuss, especially one caused by conflicting views. And you saw that conflict. And that is the inherent conflict that you get with an Adam Eaton. Look, he's just basically saying, he's, you know, this is this is baseball. It can be a contact sport. Get out of my space. And And Bruce, it was much better to see that that kind of intensity then the nonsense we saw when Wilson Contreras was called out. Remember when he slid, basically, they said he was going after the infielder the, on, on last Sunday, yeah, going back yeah, to that. Yeah. Come on, yeah. you know, let him play. So I can't believe it, but I am siding with Adam Eaton here and sending the message to the Cleveland Indians to kind of know, know who you're dealing with. Don't poke the bear, Bruce, because we both know from personal experience, Adam Eaton is a guy that you can poke, and he has – He's going to bark back a little bit. I, I know you have a history with Adam Eaton, and this is what I like about him. And actually, frankly, like may be the wrong word. This is what I really respect about Adam Eaton. That he will hold his ground. And it goes back five years. I'll tell a quick story. I wrote a column at the beginning of the 2016 season in the Chicago Tribune but when the Sox were saying they were going to trade for Jay Bruce, I believe it was at the time, that, and, in, and I think I said in an ideal White Sox outfield, or on a roster, Adam Eaton is your fourth outfielder, and then the configuration goes from there. And then he comes out, he has a great start, and he's ticked off, and I'm hearing from the Adam Eaton fan club and all that. You know how that goes. So I walk into the clubhouse to basically, with the first time they get back in town after he's off to this good start, and I said, well, you know, you want to face the guy. You know how it is, Bruce. You're there every day yeah. when you were allowed to. And these guys will chirp at you a little bit. And Adam Eaton, hey, he was, he was chirping. And it was fun, and it was, it was a little confrontational. But when you have a conversation, you learn what drives him. And this is the story that I think is re relevant here. Adam Eaton comes from Springfield, Ohio. He's five foot nothing, right? He's about 5'9". And he, he was always an excellent baseball player. He went to a Ball State baseball camp. And the, the coach there uh, didn't recruit him. He ended up going to Miami of Ohio. He's in the major leagues. He's a millionaire. He's, he, he wins, right? But when he was inducted into the Springfield, Ohio Hall of Fame, he ran into that coach who was also from the same hometown. And he said to him, why did you not recruit me at Ball State? And the guy was honest with him. He said, well, you know what? Somebody told me once if I have a guy who's five foot nine and a guy who's six foot two and they have similar skills, go with the tall guy. And Adam Eaton said, and I remember this, and I, and I had to go back and check the archives to be sure. He said, that is something that you carry with you every day. And Bruce, here we are, five years later, however many years later he said that, Adam Eaton carries that chip with him every single day, and that's what makes him, I think, different. And that's, what get, that's what makes him special and important for this Sox team. They need that edge. Yeah, and you know, and the first time around, uh, he was characterized as a, uh, a troublemaker at certain points. Uh, there were flare-ups in, uh, in that locker room between him and Todd Frazier uh, that are – infamous you know there i had i reported at one point that there was a fist fight uh there were actually two fist fights there was a separation of lockers uh where they both were there were locker mates and they had to be separated so that that's i i love that about baseball and i love being able to report that about baseball not that guys got along or hit each other but that uh like any family any family where you're around somebody 200 days a year there are going to be disagreements. There are going to be situations that get ugly. There are going to be timeouts. Maybe the greatest two words ever invented, timeout. You know, Bruce, you, go you, to your room. You, you were not injured in the reporting of that story, I hope, when you talk about these fistfights. 
Well, it, emotionally I was. I mean, I had to talk to both guys <laughs> after I reported it. Neither one of them were, was uh, re- particularly happy about uh, me report getting the information that there was a fight in the clubhouse. Uh, the White Sox didn't like it, but uh, it's a reality. It's not the end of the world. Every team has it almost every year, maybe multiple times. Uh, the 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 fantasy that people have that all 25 guys go out to dinner together every night and they love each other. They love each other when they're on the field. They respect each other in the clubhouse, but they don't all hang around with each other. It's not, it's nothing like that. I mean, you have your favorite friends and the people you hang with, and that's just the way it is in any office or any business situation. But, um, you know, reporting that, you know, it was a little difficult for me because I had a I had to look straight in the eye and tell those guys, you know, I mean, Frazier said to me, are you sure you know what you're talking about? And I said, yes, I'm sure I know what I'm talking about. He said, how do you know? I said, because somebody in the clubhouse told me it happened. And he said, oh, that makes me feel pretty uptight. And I said, I'm sorry about it. You know, that he said that somebody would talk to you about what's going on in here. And it's like. Sorry, dude, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> well, I you think the, the, the situation with Adam Eaton the first time around kind of surprised people when he was re-signed for a second tour with the White Sox, Bruce, I think because of maybe some of that history. But I think that he went to uh, the Nationals. That was one of the biggest trades that helped the White Sox be in the position that they're in. And he returns a, a champion, a World Series champion, uh, with the World Series ring to prove it, and and I think also he brings he brings that intensity that I think a team full of talent without the experience of having won really benefits from. And early on, as the White Sox have struggled offensively, Adam Eaton has has been a, you know he, he had a little surprising power surge there. He's had a couple home runs, I believe. He has been the guy that I think that they thought they were getting. Now, now I think that frankly, people that you're expecting to hit need to start hitting uh, in that White Sox batting order because that's been the untold story or that we haven't talked about a lot. But as good as their starting pitching has been, as much attention as their bullpen has created, offensively, guys like Abreu, guys like Grandal, guys like Mancata, they're not hitting yet. No, they're not. Uh, and You know, the, the interesting thing about Eaton is he was ahead of his time. By that, I mean that, uh, you know, Tim Anderson – actually is a groundbreaker here in Chicago as far as um, players not only being able to show flair and show a difference in their personality on the field and show up the opposition when they feel they're feeling good about what they've done, but uh, to be able to be accepted. It's, It's accepted now. It's actually demanded in a lot of places that people show personality and help the game of baseball uh, be a little bit more intense, a little bit more exciting, uh, show the players in the game and what they're all about. And uh, Eaton, always, this was always a part of Eaton's game, but uh, teammates took exception because they said, oh, you know, don't show your personality. God, God forbid, uh, maybe one of us is going to get hit by the opposition because you're showing too much flair. And uh, I'm very happy that baseball has now taken the turn where you don't disrespect the other, the opponent, but rather you celebrate yourself. And I think the, the game has gotten a shot in the arm because of it. 
Yeah, so Adam Eaton sent the the appropriate message to the Indians earlier this week. That is Chin Music. We will do that each and every uh, Saturday morning here, 9 to 11, inside the clubhouse. We're talking baseball 52 weeks out of the year, as Bruce likes to say. And, Bruce, we will continue our conversation. When we come back, an old friend who used to cover the Cubs for NBC Sports Chicago now does a great job covering the Braves and the Atlanta Hawks for Fox Sports South. Kelly Kroll will join us next here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Payoff pitch to Ronald Acuna Jr. Swing and a line drive base hit to right field. It'll drive in one. It'll drive in two. And the Braves lead three to one. Acuna singling sharply into right field, driving in both Heredia and Wright, and the Braves have a two-run lead. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw here until 11 o'clock. That was the voice of Pat Hughes on the score here on Friday, calling the Cubs loss to the Atlanta Braves. And we will go out to the Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park hotline. Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. That is where we find our old friend Kelly Kroll, who covers the Braves for Fox Sports South, used to cover the Cubs for NBC Sports Chicago, knows a little bit about tennis, knows a little bit about basketball. Kelly, good morning. How are you? Morning. I'm great. And even better now that I get to talk to both of you. I'm just, this has been a fun, fun series. I just really wish I were in Chicago getting to see you all from a distance still. <laughs> Well, you're covering a team in the Braves that is is definitely young, talented, successful. I, mm-hmm. I, I guess just if, if you were to look at the Braves from the Chicago through the Chicago prism, do they remind you of the Cubs early in their development and on the way to 2016 as they were getting better in 2015? Are there similarities? Are there differences? Do you see a parallel? Yeah, there definitely are some similarities. Um, I think the biggest difference is the Braves have also developed a lot of young pitching that you're seeing sort of unfold on this stage and or they hope to be seeing very soon. Mike Soroka, who, of course, lost last season, having torn his Achilles. But um, they've got a few other guys in Max Freed. And even the kid you saw yesterday in Kyle Wright, they really feel like if he can put something together. I mean, he was their oh, three or four starter last year with a few guys having gone down. But but as far as the position players and young guys who've come up and really just excelled on the stage well before their time, in a sense, um, they do look a lot 
like what I remember seeing in Wilson Contreras and Javi Baez come up and, and Chris Bryant and the noise and the excitement around the city to watch those players uh, at a young age be well ahead of the curve. And I, I think you could really argue that um, the, the kid that I heard Pat Hughes call out, Ronald Acuna Jr., you have to be in awe of what he's doing, um, regardless of who you're a fan of. What he's doing in baseball right now is really remarkable. And um, a little bit of another parallel, I think, you know, you watch the Braves this year go out and get a Charlie Morton and a Drew Smiley who would have been starting yesterday and if not for some forearm tightness. But that was kind of, to me, a little bit, a little bit of a similarity to going out and getting at the time maybe uh, John Lester. I don't know that there's the same, but for Charlie Morton, he's got a, a lot of experience and he's been around championship teams and great players and the wealth of knowledge that he is, I can see the Ian Andersons and young pitchers kind of taking that in a lot like Kyle Hendricks was doing back in the day. So, yes, definitely some similarities. And I, I know that this, this team has very, very high goals and aspirations being one game away from the World Series last year. Kelly, uh, great to talk to you. The last time I actually saw you in person was quite an <laughs> eventful day because it was the yep. day that Joe Madden was fired. It was a day... Unfortunately, that a cameraman uh, had a uh, seizure, heart attack uh, situation, uh, and uh, then a long ride home uh, with you and Tony uh, driving back from St. Louis was memorable. Uh, but um, I guess I bring up the Joe Madden part of it because it seems like you're following around all these uh, grandpa-like managers in uh, Joe and now uh, Brian Snitker. And, uh, you know, I have to include myself in that, too, of course. But um, what has the experience been like? Are there, are there similarities between Brian Snitker and, and Joe that you uh, draw upon while you cover the Braves mm-hmm. on a daily basis? Yeah, well, first of all, Bruce, I can't believe that was the last day we got to see one another in person. That seems like, oh, so long ago now. Um, and it was an eventful day, thankfully, one that, for the most part, ended up okay as far as my photographer, health-wise, um, recovered from the heart attack. It was very scary, though, at the time. And, um, well, it, you know, Joe Madden's landed on his feet, and we're getting to watch him do great things out there with that Anaheim squad. So, yes, so now being here in Atlanta and getting to talk to Brian Snicker every day, it is just I feel like the baseball gods have shined down on me and just blessed me with being around incredible baseball minds and just great human beings. Uh, You guys know with, with Joe every day and Rossi's probably a lot like that too, but we could talk to him about anything. And most of the time, Bruce, I loved after we got done in the dugouts with him, getting all the baseball questions out, you know, we just spent another 30 minutes talking to him about, any and everything yeah. from the office to, to his favorite wines and, and whatever. And Brian Snitker is the same way. And the only disappointment I've had to this point is most of my interactions with him have been through Zoom. That's just been the, the case since we've gotten down here. And I know it's as frustrating to you guys and all of our, um, you know, colleagues, this the state that we've been in for the last year and a half as far as covering our teams and um, – I will say, though, that Brian has gone out of his way to make me feel very comfortable here, and he is one of those old baseball guys who's been around the game forever, and I've never heard anyone, Bruce, whisper uh, a negative thing about him. He is just one of those men you root for, and he got the contract extension coming into this season, and I got to be in spring training the day it happened, actually, and 
in speaking with him, it, it just, you saw the emotion. It brought tears to his eyes, this, this overwhelming journey that he has been on and how the game has kind of paid him back. And now he really gets to be proud and all that um, he's put into it. So it is, it has been really remarkable. The, and just like, I think about this series, I got to be with Jason Hayward, right. For those four years and, and get to know who he is as a human, as well as a baseball player. And I know we all enjoy our conversation with, with Jason Hayward and equally on the other side of this now getting to know Freddie Freeman. These two are just, they're just awesome people and they share insightful conversations and wisdom about the game that um, I, I feel again, to, to, to use the phrase, I, I just feel blessed to have been around the people I've gotten to within our community as, as uh, sports writers and sportscasters and also the, the baseball community that we've gotten to, to be around. That familiar voice belongs to Kelly Kroll, who covers the Braves for Fox Sports South, obviously used to cover the Cubs for NBC Sports Chicago here on Inside the Clubhouse and Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score till 11 with Bruce Levine. Kelly, when you look at the Cubs from afar, your new perspective mm-hmm. on a team that yeah. you covered well on the way up, you know, you, you can remember that it wasn't that long ago, 2016, when they won and you started the conversation was, boy, the Cub dynasty, boy, how long is this going to last? Isn't this great? Do you stop yourself and what happened? Do you have a theory? Do, do, is this the kind of conversation when you're around, you know, the Braves and, the, and, you, and you talk to people, is there a curiosity about what happened to the Cubs and why they seem to be headed not in the right direction at this point? There is. I get asked a lot around here about that Cubs team. And, you know, isn't it all the same guys? And, like, what's happened? What's different about it? And I really can't put my finger on it. I don't know that any anybody has been able to. I still read and listen to you guys often. And I just I, – what's going on with them right now, especially offensively, I just look at that lineup top to bottom. We were all – we were kind of joking about it. Like um, – Jeff Rencore and Chip Carey and I going through this lineup being like, this is a deep lineup. These guys start rolling, and this is a dangerous group right here. But to see the Anthony Rizzo's and the Chris Bryant's and some of these guys struggling at the plate right now like they are, I just – it is – I you just shake your head at it. I, I, I have no idea. And you, you truly believe they'll, they'll turn it around. It is still very early in the season, but – um, you don't want to dig yourself a hole regardless of how early in the season it is. And um, after that, I just think of the chemistry of that 2016 team. And after you've done it, you know, it, we kept hearing about would there still be that fire? Would there still be that um, just motivation to to want to be great and be back there year after year? And what we realized very quickly is that's very, very hard to do. Very hard to do. Very hard to replicate. And um, I think having been there and watched that like you guys and now removing myself, I have such a greater perspective as to how hard what they did really is and how hard it is to be good year in and year out. I think about these brave teams with the Smoltzies and the Glavs, and I talk to the, you know, Glavin's part of our broadcast a lot. And to think about what they did year in and year out is unbelievable. And then to know that they only brought it home once and, uh, it is just um, you don't. I don't know. I, what do you guys think? I'm curious to know, Bruce and David. What are they telling you guys as to what's going on over there? Well, it's turning Bruce gray. 
No. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, all all four hairs are turning gray left on my head. It's it's really unbelievable, Kelly. But uh, you know, there's a transition here. Uh, the yeah. you know. Uh, nobody ever wants to hear about a rebuild or a retooling for a team that's a world champion, but we saw it. We we saw it uh, significantly in Philadelphia. We saw it significantly in Texas. We saw it uh, significantly now with San Francisco. It's just inevitable yeah. that you can't keep it going. And uh, to be honest, the minor league system, as you well know, did not supply enough players to keep this uh, going, generated through the organization. So. Therefore, mm -hmm. uh, they are dealing with this as we speak. Kelly, uh, one more question from me, and that is, we miss you, but what did you, what do you miss most about Chicago, Illinois? I mean, Atlanta is a great city, but, you know, it's not Chicago. No, um, I miss all of you so, so much, and I miss my friends there and granted having grown up in the Midwest I miss being close to my family uh, Wrigley and the environment there's nothing like it uh, especially when they are doing like the things they were doing in 2016 um, but I will say when I looked out there yesterday Bruce and David and I saw that sunshine and I thought gosh Wrigley looks beautiful but I know better I know how cold it is in that dugout yeah. I know better I know those guys are freezing their tail off I know the wind's blowing in I know it's 40 degrees and um it was about oh 70 degrees here yesterday so that's the one big draw for me down here without a doubt and then this team has been a lot of fun it's just been challenging you know ever since I've been down here we've been dealing with this pandemic so I still feel like there's um some settling in for me to do here and really getting to know guys that I haven't necessarily gotten to meet face to face and and start to um, build a, a relationship with. So I'm really looking forward to you those days. Do you miss the Chicago but... attitude? Oh, I'm sorry, Kelly, I didn't mean to, to cut say. you off. Do you miss the, the Chicago, Chicago attitude? I mean, everybody in the South is so nice. Uh, you know, in Chicago, we're nice with an edge. I mean, do you, do you miss, you miss, oh, be the, quiet, you miss the attitude a little oh, bit? Oh, stop it. That's a good way of putting it. Nice with an edge. I'll say it's easier to get a question in down here in the media than it was up there. <laughs> well played. I'll take well some played. blame for that. Yeah. I'll take part of that. Kelly, That's you will not English. miss you will not miss Chicago Tuesday. Snow was in the forecast, so that'll make you feel a little bit better about uh, Yikes. Starting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do, I do, but it was cool to see, for instance, Jake Arietta um, throwing a side session moments ago. Um, yep. I, I, it's cool to get some of those guys back there. I really, I do hope they turn it around, and and this season is a fun one for you guys to cover. And boy, I'd love to be, be seeing you guys in the NLCS. I thought there was a crash course for that last year. I wouldn't mind that. That would be great. That would be that would mean the Cubs have started to hit, and they have gotten more yep. consistency out of the bullpen. A lot of things would have to go right for the Cubs, the Braves. You know, that's a tough division. That's a really tough division, but they have every yeah, reason to believe they tough. will be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think they're battling a little bit of that because, you know, they've now won three three years in a row the division, and this is a really hard division. And even teams like the Marlins, who came in just, the, you know, last week and took three of four from this Braves team, I, I think some of these young guys are still figuring out that, you know, you can't go out there just because you've won the division three straight years and expect people to um, let it happen again. Um, I think they're realizing that they're going to have to work for it. And so um, 
it's it's going to be an interesting division to keep an eye on. And I'm also really I like I like what's going on in the central. And I think the West is going to be a lot of fun. So um, and then next year, guys, we'll see. We'll see the DH, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, we can hope. Listen, Kelly, Kelly if you uh, come up with a southern drawl, uh, we're going to we're going to be all over you on that. So keep your Midwest okay. Uh, accent. OK. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Kelly. It was such a pleasure, guys. I love hearing your voices and, and stay healthy. Stay well. I miss you all. all right. We miss you, too. Kelly Kroll for Fox Sports South covers the Braves, covers the Hawks. Former uh, Cubs reporter for NBC Sports Chicago. Great to check in with her, Bruce. And we have. More to talk about around the league. There's a lot going on. We're here until 11 o'clock. Bruce Levine, I'm David Haw, inside the clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score until 11 o'clock. Bruce Levine, I'm David Haw. And Bruce, we, this week, baseball. Uh, had a celebration and it marked the 74th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking baseball's color barrier. And we heard some eloquence from players around the league, but right here in Chicago on Friday, Jason Hayward was more among more than 100 players around MLB uh, of all races and backgrounds who donated their game day checks uh, on Jackie Robinson day, which was Thursday. The Cubs were off uh, to the Players Alliance, the Players Alliance aims to make baseball more accessible, create more opportunities and resources in the black communities. And we know that's an issue, Bruce, because on opening day 2021, only 7% of players on MLB rosters were American-born black athletes. And and that is something that's an important issue to guys like Hayward, to uh, to people around the league. And they, uh, they marked that occasion uh, yesterday and throughout the week. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just knowing uh, that um, uh, people are out there with uh, real mentorship ideas and real funding uh, that they want to uh, uh, put forth, uh, their their personal time involved is so different now and making such a big difference as far as uh, getting uh, young uh, African-American people and people of color involved in the game of baseball. It requires leadership. It requires people knowing uh, how to articulate the message very strongly and emotionally. And nobody does it better throughout the league than Jason Hayward. And he spoke yesterday before the game. We knew that there was there would be more bodies. We knew there would be more casualties, um, more heartache. It was just the beginning. So we weren't planning on seeing it stop right then. I think what we were planning on was continuing to build, continuing to be positive, continuing to bring awareness and, and continue to fight the fight, um, get back out into more communities. Uh, as far as baseball goes, I mean, I feel like we have more inclusion now. We have more conversations. You look at the all-star game. Um, you look at, again, Jackie Robinson Day. To me, this is this feels a little bit more different than, than any other Jackie Robinson Day I've been a part of in a sense of just, you know, Players Alliance, bringing more people together, trying to rally more troops. And that's just on the baseball side. Um, in other sports, you know, you talk about the NBA, WNBA, soccer, um, you know, hockey, NASCAR, all those things, uh, all that unity. To me, that's the new. You know, we know what's, what the old has been. We know what the, the negative stuff's been. But I think that's the new that we have to look forward to. That was the voice of Jason Hayward on Friday. Inclusion, awareness, the things that he spoke very passionately about, Bruce. And obviously all in the name of Jackie Robinson, who in 1947 – 
broke baseball's color barrier with his debut with the Brooklyn Dodgers. He was followed three months later by Larry Doby, who I think that uh, uh, Steve Stone, our guy on Twitter, pointed out the other day, was also a, a great player, a better man, and a pioneer. And you, we all uh, know the history about Larry Doby in Chicago with Bill Veck breaking the American League color barrier three months after Jackie Robinson did. Uh, Steve Stone played for Larry Doby with the White Sox. So this was a week of tributes. This was a week of commemoration. And this was a week that appropriately you turn your attention to, uh, to some of these issues in baseball that uh, are getting more awareness and hopefully things are getting better. Yeah, David. And, uh, you know, Larry Doby was also the second African-American uh, manager in baseball history after Frank Robinson. Uh, just a, a year after Frank Robinson uh, took over the Cleveland Indians, Larry Doby was managing the Chicago White Sox maybe a year and a half. So he, he is a, a guy that really doesn't get an awful lot of attention uh, because he went through very similar things with the uh, Cleveland Indians and breaking through uh, in the American League as Jackie did. But uh, that certainly doesn't diminish uh, Jackie Robinson and the uh, great contributions that his foundation, his family, who have followed to uh, beautifully uh, uh, over the past, gosh, it's uh, I think 40, 49 years since Jackie Robinson passed away. Uh, the way that they've carried the torch has just been phenomenal. Uh, the Jackie Robinson Foundation and the uh, the African American community, uh, you know, doing this with. Uh, you know, the NAACP, who Jackie was a part of as well. So uh, Jackie Robinson, and, uh, you know, was talked about a lot yesterday by Jason because of the fact that he was not only a great baseball player and a great person to be the first of his race in sports, but uh, carried that on after his baseball career. His baseball career in the major leagues relatively short, uh, just nine and a half years in Major League Baseball. Uh, after that, he went on a business being a top executive at Chalk Full of Nuts, a, uh, you know, a big cost concern in, on the East Coast, and then went on into the political uh, uh, forum and getting involved in the NAACP uh, you know, for the rest of his life. So this was a, an important person. Uh, yes, a significant African-American, but an important American who uh, is still being celebrated and now we're seeing with the Players Alliance uh, them taking the, a next step up. Well put, Bruce. It can't be just one day. It can't be just one week or one season. It's got to be a continuation of those efforts and a continuation of that conversation. So uh, the Players Alliance doing its part, as we all should. So let's look a couple things around the league. I want to get to a couple tidbits before we wrap up here. Uh, need to do this, though, Bruce. I know it's not MLB, but in the interest of honoring hard-throwing lefties in this area, in the Chicagoland area, need to bring attention to Danielle Williams, who did something for Northwestern softball team yesterday that has not been done since 1984. Perfect game. Forget your no-hitter, Carlos Rodon. I will top you. Danielle Williams, 21 up, 21 down. No runs, no hits, no errors. Congratulations, Danielle Williams, Northwestern softball. Uh, quite a milestone. Good week for hard 21. Yeah. What do you mean Seven. 21? Seven innings. That's a perfect game? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, what, that's, what happened that's, to the other six outs? Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that after the show, Bruce. We'll, <laughs> women's softball, NCAA level. I know it's a departure, but it's a quite I, an I, I, yeah. I applaud her. It, it was a great accomplishment. Uh, and uh, I'm not diminishing it at all. But uh, it's, it's wonderful that, uh, that that has taken place, and we applaud it. 
Bruce, I know that we were prepping for the show, and I, I know that, you know, I have to get up really early during the week, so I did stay up to watch this because I wanted to get some rest. But did you see the Dodgers and the Padres go 12 innings? Did you see how crazy that yes. game was? It was it had a little uh, benches cleared. Tatis was back. They had a pitcher playing left field. They had everything that you want out of playoff baseball, and it's April. How about uh, Chenoweth uh, pitching in that game? That was and, great. Uh, how about uh, the left fielder being a pitcher, make, making a put out? Uh, Musgrove. Put out in Throws a no-hitter, and he makes yep. a put out in the same season. He's had quite a year. And the Dodgers, they win that game in, in 12 innings, and it felt like a playoff game. So uh, that was fun. Less fun. Those are the Cubs two best fans. teams in baseball right now, David. You think so? Are they? Yeah, the I do. I, I really think, I, I think that's a battle, a real battle there. The Giants are – are playing good baseball right now, but I, I don't expect them to be able to, to stay up there with uh, the Dodgers and Padres. I mean, the, the, those are spectacular teams. Dodgers, you know, they, they win the World Series last year and they don't stop. They're 12-2 and two oh, to start the season. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, you know. I mean, they are so loaded. It's almost like, uh, you know, uh, the king in his court, you know, where, uh, you know, the like Bueller or... or uh, you know, one Kershaw. of the other pitchers is going to call the outfielders in, you yeah. know, say, oh, I don't need you out here. I'll just strike out this next inning. You know, hey, it, the thing is, it looks that easy for the Dodgers. And we talk about moving the mound back and all the problems in Chicago here with you can't get anybody to hit the ball. of These averages sub 200. You look at the Dodgers, they're setting records for guys who have OPSs over, you know, it, it just they're they're immune to the problems that other teams are struggling with, and that just tells you that, boy, they have not really had a down year since, how long has it been? Five, six, seven years. Don't we love, uh, in sports, David, don't we love the super teams? I mean, as much as people used to hate the Yankees, they loved the Yankees when they were at their peak. As much as people outside of Chicago probably hated the Bulls, uh, you know, the Bulls were loved because they were dominant. The Lakers teams of of those other eras so dominant, you know, the, uh, you know, the Packers when they first started, you know, back in the sixties being dominant, you know, all the, all the dominant teams, the new England Patriots. I, I think we just, we just love super teams. I think the Sox could be dominant. They're back in action today. Dylan Cease goes to the mound against Nick Pavetta. That is a three o'clock start for the White Sox, Red Sox out in Boston here on the score. 1245 is the pregame. Trevor Williams goes for the Cubs against the Braves trying to get back on the right track, Bruce. We'll see how that goes. Any predictions for today? Yeah, I believe there'll be an outcome, and one of these teams is going to win uh, on the north side, either Atlanta or the Cubs. I believe I believe that's going to happen. Hey, people I, can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also on our website, 670thescore.com. Our great friends coming up, aren't they? Yes, uh, we have... Mark Grody solo today until 1245. And, Bruce, I love oh, it when wow. you go out on a limb like that. We have to thank our guests. We have to thank Coomer, Ron Coomer, the Coom Dog, that joined us. Kelly Kroll, old buddy, works for Fox Sports South. And, Bruce, thank you for leading me through this inside the clubhouse here. It was a lot of fun. Adam Staczynski, thank you so much for producing our show. We'll see you next week. Here see you on next the week score. inside the clubhouse here, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.